Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines, coming at you on Sunday, August 15th, 2021. A little bit later than normal, that's all right. We still got fire content coming at you. Mm. Suicide Squad, excuse me, The Suicide Squad Don't movie forget the review. The... Starring the likes of John Cena. Margot Robbie. John Cena. Idris Elba. John Cena. Joel Kinnaman. John Cena. And other people, including John Cena. Oh man, I got a lot to talk about, specifically John Cena in this film. <laughs> Non-Marvel superhero movie, usually those don't go very well, especially the last ones we reviewed, but mm. I think this is a step in the right direction. I can I can say right now, it's better than, um, oh, wait for it, wait, I gotta scroll all the way to the bottom of our list, Thunder Force. Okay, I was talking DC, like Wonder Woman 84. I... You, it, might, it might be better, I'm not willing to say that, but I know it will not be the bottom of our list at Thunder Force. <laughs> So we're going to review that. Uh, before we get into that, though, we're going to touch quickly on uh, Marvel What If. The first episode dropped last Wednesday. Plenty of time to watch it if you haven't already. What if uh, Peggy Carter was the Super Captain Soldier. America? Captain United Kingdom. Did they ever? Captain Carter. Captain Carter. That's right. Correct. Um, we're going to talk about that. Maybe not so much the episodes X's and O's, but maybe the future like we do with everything. So let's get into it. 好，Smash！Hey，look，up，you，can，put，it，on，the，board，yes。All，right，time，Marvel，what，if？I，I，just，it's，it's，Marvel's，what，if。Tell，some，fucking，respect，on，their，name。Animated，series，exclusive，to，
they they went back in time. They took us right now, but then they put us back in like 2008 with no knowledge of the MCU, and just had us talk about all the different theories we have about what they're going to do moving forward. And then they made a show out of it. Correct. That's pretty much what it is. <laughs> um, yeah, just a bunch of different stories of things changed on the timeline, whatnot. And that's the thing I think that's really interesting to talk about is the whole timeline aspect and how they really leaned into that. So there was, you know, the, the comment, I want, I don't know if it was from Feige or from someone else that said everything in this is canon, um, mm-hmm. which they can say now because of the, you know, the whole multiverse spoiler. If you have not seen Loki or the finishing, the ending of Loki in particular. Um, you know, that was something we sniffed out early on in the Loki show. You wrote an article about it. The, the about how Loki connecting? connect to what if and how it's kind of creating all these different branches and whatnot. We were a little bit too premature. We I think we wrote that those different branches were different what if branches. But I mean, essentially yeah, the same like thing. Episode two, Except, but it wasn't those branches specifically, but it was branches later on. Yeah, um, they Bingo. really leaned into that though, because they they showed the whole Captain America, you know, the the scene or whatever from the movie, and then the narrator said like. And this is where she changed. You know, she decided to stay in the room, whatever. Yeah. And then it's like, that's when a bunch of different possibilities was born. That's where beforehand was the, the TVA event. shows up. Yeah. But now there's no TVA to show up. Yep. So they just keep on rocking. Yeah. So that definitely tying into this. Um, now, how much, how much do you think they – so they could play this game of we could do this. And create all these different cool, fun stories, and we have an excuse to say it ties into the MCU. But how much of it are we really gonna like? Are we going to see in the future? It doesn't have to be Peggy Carter. One of these what if characters, you know, turning into a MCU character, like, like taking this story and multiverse something, they end up live action MCU. Yeah, I think there's a zero percent chance of that happening. Not once. No, I don't. I think these are all just what if okay. alternate realities, what we're not doing for mainline stuff. Do I think so? Marvel came out and said that like, they're throwing a lot of money towards like their animation studio and stuff, and there's going to be a lot more animated projects. Mm-hmm. Do I think we could get some sort of alternate reality on the animated thing where it's like different what if events come together in an animated thing, not mainline? I absolutely could see that. Okay. Like a, a Marvel's Avengers, but it's. Peggy Carter as Captain Carter and Ant-Man's one of the original Avengers and other shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I could absolutely see that. Okay. But I don't think it connects. Any of this comes back to live action. Okay. That's fair. Um, yeah, I probably am inclined to agree with you, but I was just, I was surprised on how much they leaned into. I mean, they leaned into it without leaning into it too much. Um, you know, for people that didn't see Loki, cause I turned this on at my parents' house and my dad had no idea what the fuck was going on. He wasn't paying attention. Neither was my mom. Um, they just thought it was a cartoon, whatever, but it is, you know, tying in and, you know, we got the red skull and all that stuff. It it was literally just Captain America one. Yeah. Um, they just added in Iron Man. Fun fact. I've never seen Captain America one. Oh, it's basically that, (laughs) um, which kind of is why I, I didn't love it that much. Okay. The stuff, it was fine. Like I liked the animation style. I don't know how you felt about it. Um, but like, I liked the animation style, but it was literally just Captain America one in terms of like how the story progressed, where he gets the Tesseract and then the Red School gets the Tesseract and then, you know, they go and they capture Bucky and then they save Bucky and then there's the train scene and then the fucking train explodes and someone falls down the train scene. It's just, that was Bucky who fell down. He ended up being the Warner Soldier this time. It was Chris, not Chris Evans, Steve Rogers who fell in the train and he just survived. Yeah. 
but it, it was like scene for scene what they did in the movie, which is fine. But like, if all of these are just going to be retellings of the same story I've already seen with very minimal differences, like I, I'm not going to be that interested. Well, I mean, some of them are different. Like, there's the I know I just read the Black Panther one that's coming out. It's like Yondu. You know. Yeah, but he's that Navy could Star just Lord. be Guardians with. That's what I mean. Is it Guardians Chadwick. just with T'Challa as Star Lord, and we're just going to see the same story we've already seen again? Yeah, I know there is unique ones like the Marvels, um, like the I think it's Vampire or Zombie, whatever Spider Man. Okay, and like Spider Man's the Sorcerer Supreme and shit like like that. That feels like it's going to be interesting because I feel like those are unique stories. Yeah. Whereas these kind of episodes, like it was cool, but not that cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I could see now that I think about it too. Because well, I don't know exact what is there going to be any overlap? Because what if they do this whole first season and then they do a team up movie with all these different what ifs? That yeah, that could be cool. But I don't know. Is there like an overlap where there's like a, this Steve Rogers and then see there's going to be another Steve Rogers in a different episode, like a different timeline? And it know. it'll be interesting to see how they set up episode two. If it's like a pan out of this and then it zooms into like another reality or if it's a butterfly effect where Peggy Carter becoming Captain America means T'Challa ends up as Star-Lord. Well, yeah, they I think they said that, too. Like her decision changes not just her, you know, destiny, but all these other things. And that's what I'm wondering is if it's two separate timelines or if this is one timeline that changed a lot of different shit. So it'll be interesting. Who knows? They got so many different directions they could go. Um, it is hard to project the future of the mcu through these yeah this ain't very good for our theory talk oh <laughs> but that's all right um something i wanted to touch on marvel related now that i just thought of right now um this is going to be terrible radio because i think i dm this to you or did i just think about dming this to you and never dm them to you, you i think you probably just thought about it it was a timeline of the movies being released and it was supposed to be the eternals was supposed to be originally released before loki okay and I think that's what I was thinking, and so that makes me wonder if Eternals is going to have anything to do with what happened in Loki or not. Um, so, like, originally Eternals came out before I the think Loki series? was meant to, yeah. Okay. I don't know. Because I, I, wonder, I wonder if these movies, if something's going to happen, but we're not, like, it's not going to be outwardly. I mean, they could always tweak it, but... If something happens in the Eternals movie and everything, all these other movies, like what if Shang-Chi, the end credits tease is like a multiverse and the Eternals, something happens. And then it was supposed to be all this wonky stuff happening in these, you know, theatrical releases. And then Loki was meant to kind of explain why yeah. all that was happening. And now instead it was it Loki, it happened. And now this is just what's happening. Yeah. And, and Eternals is like a hard one, too, because like Eternals is supposed to take place over a long time. And you don't really know how the effects of Loki affect any individual timeline because it's supposed to take place yeah. outside of time as well. Yeah, that's what's confusing about it. Too. So you don't know, like, if a movie is placed before or after it, or because I believe Loki and like the um, Disney Plus page for like a cinematic universe in order is before WandaVision, mm -hmm. which like you didn't see any of the multiverse effects in that show necessarily. She yeah. created her re reality, but, like, it, it doesn't necessarily affect well, it. Well, that's 2012 Loki, too, and how that ties into, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Well, there's the theory that the missing person is, like, a TVA variant. Oh, well, I guess that doesn't make sense now because there's no more TVA. Never mind. 
It's I see. I don't know. I don't know how it'll affect it. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. This is fun. The multiverse is fun, but I kind of hope they like. Sorry, I hope they kind of wrap up the whole multiverse thing like sooner. I, I think we talked talk, touched on this before, but yeah, you can't just leave it wide open. Like there has to be do an what ending you want to do. This. Close it up. Have Kang do whatever he wants to do, and then I don't want this to be the next twelve movies where I just don't know what the fuck is happening. Which a lot of people feel that way about Marvel movies if they're not keeping up. So yeah, but like the. It just is going to get to a point where Marvel's really fun because everything's connected and linear. Yeah. And this is an effect of this, and this plays off this. Whereas you kind of lose that if you're telling multiverse stories. Yeah. Um, well, that's why I had the theory that I sent you that every movie is like its own multiverse branch. It's not even connected. Yeah, which, anyway. I mean, that they could do something like that. They could not. It just depends on how they use the new multiverse toy that they opened in the Loki series. I'll tell you this, it's a great way to get uh, Robert Downey Jr. back. Yeah, I think he's big done. He unfollowed people on Instagram, Jay. Why is he being petty? I don't know. <laughs> I have no is fucking clue. He still follows, suing, I think so. he still follows him on Twitter and stuff. People are just making a big deal out of it. I'm just saying, I mean, his first non-MCU movie, kind of a flop. Correct. Kind of sucked. Correct. What else is he doing? Probably just kicking back. He got paid so much money to be I Tony think Stark. I, I'm a hot take right here, right now, Ty. Robert Downey Jr. will be back in the MCU in some capacity. I don't know when. Just eventually. In 15 years, when the MCU is finally fading, they'll do a cash grab, and his daughter or whoever at that time, it's crazy to think about, will create some technology, and we'll get, like, old RDJ, who's, like, Michael Keaton in the new Batman. Okay. Chris Evans. He returned? No, he's young. What? He's young. Like, I think Robert Downey Jr. Hollywood career... I think RDJ is going to be more desperate for the money. Oh, okay. He's gonna he's gonna be not successful in his post Marvel thing and come yeah. back to him. Whereas Chris Evans has been successful outside of yeah Marvel more so than RDJ. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Mm-hmm. And then Chris Hemsworth is going to stay there the whole time because the- he's just fucking rocking. <laughs> he loves it. He's like, you know what? Bring me another trilogy, <laughs> another fucking round, bartender. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Very interesting. Yeah, um, it'll, I, I am interested for next week um, with uh, Chadwick Boseman's voice yeah. role. That'll yeah. be that'll be nice to watch and whatever story they end up telling. You gonna cry um, know, when they do the fucking maybe Jay. for Chadwick at the beginning? Yeah, fucking maybe. Because they're gonna do that. Yeah, there's gotta be something, obviously. And I think it's supposed to be an emotional story on top of that. Yeah, um, like not even related because like obviously it was filmed and whatnot before his death. Yeah. Duh. Um, but I think like the story itself was supposed to be like an emotional type story. And then it's just double that because it's, uh, what is it called when it's like po- postpartum? Post, yeah. Post. No, no, that's postpartum depression. Postmortem. Postmortem. I think that's the the terminology you're looking for. I don't know. Post- I am. I am looking forward to next week's episode. Postmortem. Um, an ex- oh no, that's an examination of a dead body to determine the cause of death. Mm. Post. Post something. What it's, is it's post called something. when you? It was like the Dark Knight with Heath Ledger. Something when you're dead. <laughs> uh, posthumous. Post posthumously. Posthumous. Post. Po. It's spelled posthumous. But I believe it's posthumously. Posthumous. Posthumous. Click the click the little Google. Make make Google lady say it. Okay, I don't know how loud this is gonna be. Everyone, watch out. Posthumous. Posthumous. Ooh, she kind of whispered that, that was, into my ear. You have settings set on your laptop for her to sound like that. 
<laughs> she whispered into my ear. That was kind of nice. Um, yeah, so that'll be interesting to see. Uh, Suicide Squad, Ty. The Suicide Squad. Mm. Before we get into it, I just want to do a podcast update. So this is coming out on Sunday. Push back because you're honeymoon. Correct. Um, my bad. Was in Hawaii. Just congratulations. Thank you. On uh, having sex because you waited till marriage. Yep. Um, <laughs> great first time. So this is coming out on Sunday. We'll probably post uh, next week's episode, Free Guy, this week, technically. I'll probably post that on Friday instead of the normal Wednesday. I'm sure we'll probably record the same time or whatever. But I'm just going to push the the publish date back just so we're not doing Sunday, Wednesday. Yeah, Give that's people fine. more time to uh, see Free Guy. That's fine. Next I mean, week. Free Guy did come out last week with Suicide Squad, which sucks. Oh, did it really? Yeah, it's, it's oh. it came out side by side. Well, they, plenty of time then. I just... Um, executive decision, put Suicide Squad in our schedule before Free Guy. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. But Free Guy, great reviews. Go listen to next week's pod. Yeah, if you're listening to this later. And then sports, I don't know. We'll figure that out. We still have a, a tier list to do. We got NFL season to prepare for. We got, we got to set a schedule. Probably going to get an episode this Wednesday, the 18th. So We'll make it happen. That's what I think is going to end up happening there. But Suicide Squad. Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you want to listen to your podcast, Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, We highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. Supervillains Harley Quinn, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, and a collection of nutty cons at Bell Reeve Prison join the super secret, super shady Task Force, Task Force X as they are dropped off at the remote enemy-infused island of Quarter Maltese. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. That, I mean, that's it's not wrong. It is enemy infused. That yeah, that it is. Um, she is dropped off there. They are not dropped off together. Mm-hmm. They find each other. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of this movie overall, Jay? Look, so the first Suicide Squad is not great. I will say this about the first Suicide Squad. While I am not a big fan of it, I will tell you it's not a good movie. I do think it was a little shit on too much. So I think the issue is the story with the Suicide Squad and the first one, and honestly, the Joker just being in it at all. Well, yeah, that that was stupid. Um, but there are parts to take from it that were enjoyable, especially the Harley Quinn character. Um, that I think James Gunn did take some of that to kind of boost this movie. There was stuff to build off of there. They just fumbled the rest of it in the original. Now, I, I don't know. Is this true? Rick Flagg, was he in the first one? Yeah. I see. I don't. I've seen Suicide Squad 1 or just Suicide Squad. I forgot. Yeah, he's he's also the leader in the first one. He's in the first one. Har- I, I Harley Quinn's in the Harley first Quinn, one. Harley Quinn, yeah. Um, Captain Boomerang is in the first one. That's right. Okay. Um, and then a bunch of other people. They had King Croc instead of King Shark. Yep. They had the fire guy in the first one. Not in this one. 
Um, they had the one witch, witch villain lady. Mm-hmm. Katana. They had her. Yep. They had someone else who... Will Smith. Will Smith, who basically just got replaced by Bloodsport. Yeah. <laughs> Dead shot for Bloodsport. Um, and then they, they, I mean, the first one, they had someone that was like a very aggressive, low, low, low level villain who was there. Look, we can kill people off. And they killed him early. Yeah. Um, this one, they took a different route. Oh yeah, they did. They, they, uh, they killed people very quickly. Aggressively quickly. Now I'll say this about this movie is Suicide Squad one. I, they, I think it just tried to, I don't, I need to stop calling it one. I'm just going to keep calling it one. It, like, almost tried to do too much, and, I mean, it made a lot of money, so it, it did its job. It made $750 million. Um, but you're trying to infuse Joker in there, which doesn't make a lot of sense, and it was Jared Leto's first Joker, and if you're everyone in the world except Jose Quintero of the Daily Press, you hate that version of the Joker. Does he Maybe really not like hate. that? Yeah, he thinks he's the best one. Oh, that's so gross. Yeah. What a gross take. <laughs> <laughs> um. They tried making him a gangster, whatever. They tried. Um, but they, they just – there was too much. They had that whole dynamic. They had the whole, you know, tied in with Harley Quinn. And then you have – they, they overwrote it, I feel like, but then underwrote the villain. Mm-hmm. And it was just too much going on. And this is the complete opposite. This gets into it right away, literally. So they get into it right away, and then you get a little mini flashback in like five minutes of back. Log. They don't have to explain Viola Davis's character. Yep. They don't have to come up with some bigger existential reasoning, which they kind of do later in the movie. But they don't have to do this long old setup. They just get into the action, and they just they lean into the R-rated humor, and they make this a movie. They make this a supervillain movie, not whereas Suicide Squad one was a superhero movie starring villains. Yes, this is like more told in the eyes of a villain. These are bad people. Yeah, and it's just the first one like was not good in that, and this like did everything opposite. I want to say of the first one. The first one took itself too seriously. While this yes. one, this one knew exactly what it needed to be, and was that. Yeah, it wasn't too serious. It's over the top. We're gonna get rid of a lot of these fucking characters throughout the film, and we're just gonna have fun doing it. Yeah. Um, and it's not. You know, it's it's a small mission until shit hits the fan. Because the first one, it's like an entire fucking city's destroyed. And it's like, no, yeah, the villains got this. Like, the superheroes aren't going to be here. Yeah. And it makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Whereas this one, it's like, it's a pretty small little mission until they fuck up. And then they're just the ones there to fix their fuck up. Yeah. Which makes sense. And and, and it works really well for the characters and the story they're telling. Yeah. Um, Which, I mean, we can get into it here, Jay. Story? Story. What'd you give it? Now, see, this is the... This is the draw, like this is the one drawback of this movie, and this is my—I'll say it now. This is my lowest score I gave out. Um, is there wasn't like much of a story, correct? But that's a good thing, correct? But I still can't give it like a, a crazy good story grade, like correct. Even though they did the right thing, which helps other categories such as key elements, it does hurt the story category. Correct. I gave it a fourteen. Gave it a thirteen. Okay, so we're right on. We're, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. It wasn't anything crazy. They were dropped in to do a mission. Um, you know, obviously, spoiler alert: the one team entirely dies. Oh yeah, they're decoys. Um, <laughs> you get the setup of a team, and then that team ho- entirely dies, and then you cut to the other side of the island with the real team. Yeah, which I did not expect. Don't say entirely. Harley Quinn didn't die. That's true. Yeah, Weasel also survived. <laughs> yeah, post credit scene. <laughs> 
Um, but, you know, that happens. But it's pretty straightforward, you know? It's a mission. They're supposed to go to this place. They get to this place. You knew what the villain was if you saw the trailers and stuff, the big fucking starfish. I didn't, so. Okay, so, you know, there's that. And, you know, it's it's streamlined enough. I will say the, the Harley Quinn boyfriend scenes... The movie was a little too long strictly because of that. Cut that out, and it's a lot better. Okay. Um, I'm all cool with her escape scene and her being fucking held yeah, captive was, and her getting yeah. out. That was fun. That was perfect. That's a great way to you know highlight Harley Quinn, who is the biggest character in this movie in terms of IP for, yeah. for DC. So you got to give her her moment to shine. Um, but I think the whole shit with the, the guy and them you know, fucking falling in love, her asking her to marry him, and then her killing him, it doesn't need to be there. Ty, this is showing character growth because she said any if she gets any warning signs from any of her future love interests, she would kill them. This is showing warning growth, character growth because she no longer has to rely on a man like the Joker or like this guy. You had an entire movie for that in Bird's Prey. <laughs> I don't need it in this movie. I thought it was fine. I mean, yeah, it was a little bit long, and that's probably a, an area to trim the fat. Um, but that also might just be uh, because the other group that was going on, you know, the whole Idris Elba, John Cena, and all them was so enjoyable that maybe it felt like any time away from them might have been. But that's why I would have been. the Harley Quinn solo scene was good. It was fantastic. And and I would have been fine if they would have just skipped past that scene to where she has her solo scene. And then she's with the team and we spend more time with the team. Yeah. She's with them sooner. Yeah. And then you can use all that time you spent on the the fucking prince guy or president guy. Mm -hmm. Do more scenes, you know, group stuff. Yeah. I mean, that scene wasn't that long. It, it was like 15 minutes-ish. I don't think it was that long. Maybe 10? I don't know. From start to be finished where he's like, oh, you, and then he shows her everything, they're talking, she kills him. There's some time spent there. I thought it was like five minutes. No. <laughs> I don't know. We'd go back. Um, but outside of that, it was exactly what it needed to be for the story James Gunn was trying to tell. Yeah, well, they they threw in a little bit of like government secrets yeah. deal in there. And there was a little bit of a twist. Well, what was with twist? Peacemaker stopping Rick Flag from doing it and being like the hidden agenda guy? Oh yeah. Um, so there was a little twist in there. Yeah. Which was very fitting of the character. I felt like too. It wasn't a ridiculous twist. No, not at all. It was all. exactly something that character would do. Yeah, for sure, for um, sure. But thirteen, thirteen's fine. Yeah, I, I gave it a fourteen. Um, but it, it was what it needed to be in that. In that regard, cinematography, Jay, directed by Visuals James Gunn slash cinematography, visual slash cinematography directed by James Gunn. I don't know if he has a guy he goes to, uh, but it very much had that James Gunn vibe. <laughs> OK, what? That's just a guy he goes like, to. like a partner for like the director of cinematography, someone he, who does all of his fucking movies because they all look colorful. And I think it's just because he's the director. He's in charge of everything. Well, yeah, no shit, but the fucking director of cinematography also has a lot to do with what He's the, the director of cinematography. He does it all. Yeah. You know what, Jay? I'm going to fact check that right now. <laughs> I gave it a 16. I know you gave it a little bit higher. Yeah, for me, I, I gave it a uh, 19. I fucking loved how this movie looked. Okay, so talk to me about why you didn't love it as much as I loved it while I look up who the director of 2020, uh, 2021, the Suicide Squad, director of cinematography is. So... This looked really good. So it had a lot of, it had a lot of interesting shots. Um, they did they did a lot of cool stuff. I mean, just the, the Harley Quinn escape scene with like you're kind of seeing the fight scene through her eyes with kind of like the, 
you know, the, the birds and everything and all that. Like, that was cool. And just they did a lot of cool cinematography with, like, the action and the way they did, like, when they're raiding that village and it's the rolling shot of them kind of just, like, rolling through and one-upping each other. And, you know, the fight scenes were all good. And, you know, there was definitely unique camera angles and whatnot that I'm not going to be able to think of off the top of my head, except one in particular when they're fighting. The Peacemaker the helmet. of the helmet. That was fucking badass. That was fucking cool. That was, like, really, really, really badass. Not even going to lie there. Um, there was a lot of badass stuff. That being said, I – see, and I'm going to look like a fool because I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I do remember one or two instances where I did think it looked a little ridiculous. Whatever. I'm not going to – hurt that too much uh what i didn't like about it and i think it was just a covid um byproduct was i didn't really like the set design that much and it was mostly like the town they were in um the end scene with the starfish i think that was mostly cgi i'm not not think i know that was mostly cgi (laughs) that was fine but like the scenes where they're in like the capital city and it's the harley quinn scene talk about that um you know and when they're rescuing her and she doesn't need to be rescued all that stuff it, it just felt like Okay. Felt like they were on a set. Not necessarily in the building, but when they were outside yeah. of the building going to her. That absolutely felt like a small set pieces that we're going to create to make it feel like we're in a bigger area. Yeah, and they had a minor fight scene there. Too, or not fight scene, but like minor stuff there where they were like killing the guards or whatever. And it just – and I, I do think it was because of COVID because they did film this during COVID because there's pictures of John Cena with his mask on. Um, it kind of took me out a little bit. Not okay. Lie. I, I don't disagree with that necessarily. And even when you think about, like, the beach scene, um, like, the beach scene was a very localized. Yeah, um, you could tell they just didn't have, which is fine. I, I you know. They they did what they could work with. With that mm-hmm. being said, though, you have the opposite where, like, there's the club scene or when they're going to the club in the van. That feels like you're in a city. Yeah. And there's a lot of people and it's populated. Yeah, that's why it was it was so, like, on and in off. In that regard. And I do I, think I, it was just a COVID byproduct. I really do. I wonder if there was something where it's like reshoots, they had more flexibility for stuff, or if at certain points during filming they had less restrictions Probably. or more. Because um, part of this was during COVID, and I don't know how much, if the whole thing. Yeah. So there's definitely something to that. You're, you're not wrong. Thank but you. with that being said, some of the fight scenes, like you said, that shot, the fight scene in the fucking Peacemaker helmet was incredible. Yeah. That was so fucking cool. Yeah, the Harley Quinn escape scene with but all. How the, do they? Sorry, but how do they hide the camera, dude? I have no fucking. Just, like, I'm sure VFX, but I don't know if they just fully animated that fight scene, or if they had a camera sitting on the floor and then they like put that fucking visual. There's got to the, be like some, green helmet. There's got to be some sort of. Okay, here's my theory. Fish eye lens or fish eye camera that yep. creates a circular what looks like the helmet, and then. They record the fight scene with that, and then they record something with just the helmet, and then they, like, superimpose that fisheye lens onto the helmet like it's a reflection. That's what it's got to be. And I think it's just a green helmet sitting on the floor that they record and then throw the visuals on the helmet. That or they just did something really fucking cool. I don't know. It was no, really cool. No, there's no way it was an actual reflection because you no. know how shiny that fucking helmet would have to be. Yeah, there's, just, there's <laughs> no fucking chance. But still badass. Though. It looked fucking cool. The opening scene where they do kill off the entire fucking one team yeah. was awesome. It was so fucking gory and over the top. I'm going to save that for characters, okay? And key elements continue. Um, King, the fucking scene where King Shark rips the guy in half in the wa- like in the rain and the lightning strikes as he's doing it. <laughs> Pretty fucking sick. There was a lot of just very, very big moments. What you think of the, the, the VFXs of everyone being uh, Polka Dot Man's mom? Fantastic. Even the starfish. Loved that. <laughs> Just the most odd thing to put into a movie. Did you notice that the rat was even his mom when they first did it? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, it's, it's just so fucking odd and, and enjoyable. Yeah. Um, and then you also get I, what it was Black Widow, where I said I'm a suckle, I'm a sucker for like suckle. the <laughs> suckle. I'm a sucker for like the title cards for like the locations. Uh, oh yeah, I thought of you when I was watching this movie. They fucking of that. they did those in the most fun way in this movie. Yeah, and I had such a good time with every single one of them. They did. I, I just they're so fun. I don't know what it is. I think you got a, little, a small brain, so. Maybe, maybe I got a little pea brain, but I love it. Tell me what's going on. Tell me where we're at. (laughs) No, it was yeah, it was good. Music, I felt like it was good. I don't, I don't know if it was Guardians good, but thinking about music, I feel like that was intentional. I feel like James Gunn didn't want this to be too much of like a feel like a Guardians ripoff, to where he didn't put in that colorful music. This was more of a visuals, yeah, thing where you know he's gory and does what he can't do with Marvel. Whereas Marvel and Guardians is obviously like very stylized with the music and stuff. He didn't want this to feel the same. Would be my guess. Yeah, I would agree. But it looked fucking awesome. The fight scenes are awesome. Um, the fucking scene where uh, Peacemaker stabs Rick Flag in the heart. That was like oh, some Mortal Kombat. Heart, that was like yeah. some Mortal Kombat fatality shit right yeah. there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, there was. <sighs> I'll, I'll touch on it later. I just have so much stuff to say. <laughs> Key elements tie. I gave this a 20. Yeah, I... I, I the rare 20 for Jason. They, I, they don't happen often. I don't know how you give it anything else. This is exactly what you want out of this. Yeah. It was gory, but not overdone. It was adult, which is... You need to lean into that with this movie. Absolutely. It was fucking funny. It was great. It was hilarious throughout. Um, And it was not overtold. Action-packed. Um, you got your Harley Quinn minutes that Tyler didn't like just to sell the ancillary products. That's okay. Yep. Um, just so they could sell the Barbie doll with the the prince, and you could kill the prince with the Barbie doll, the Fuck Harley yeah. Quinn Barbie doll. Um, I think that's not, a toy. It was, it was fucking <laughs> – Can you buy the dead guy? <laughs> <laughs> well, you buy him alive, and then you shoot him. Oh, and okay. Like blood spurts out. Got or it. Um, it was great, man. It was exactly what it needed to be. Just – it was good. This is exactly what I was hoping for when they announced the James Gunn Suicide Squad. Yep. And they were trying again. This is the movie I was hoping that they would make, and it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, it's bad guys being bad guys while also working together to achieve something that's kind of good. Yeah. I, it was fun. It was really fun, and it was a really fun But watch. even then, like, that's kind of meta stuff, and, like, maybe that goes to the story, but it's, like, almost not a good, like, it's not a good mission because the government is sending that's, them in. It's a cover-up. Yeah, cover their asses, and, like, that's the meta shit I didn't even think about in the time because, you know, in the first one, like you said, it's like a superhero mission that these villains are doing, and this is more like the government's washing their hands with something, you know, dirty little secret. That they wouldn't want the heroes to know about. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Boom. It's good shit, Jay. But I don't know what heroes are even in the fucking DCU anymore. Like, half of them are retired or whatever. Some of them have new abilities that they got in the past. (laughs) Uh. <laughs> um, characters, I'll just jump straight into it. I gave this a 17 out of 20. Uh, characters for me, I, I wasn't sure what to give it, and then I went to the cast, and just, I, I look at Margot Robbie, great in her role. Idris Elba, really good in his role. Yeah. John Cena, fantastic <laughs> in his role. Joel Kinnaman, much better this time around than he was last time. Michael Rooker and his small little bit of savant. Great as a little character savant. Viola Davis, complete asshole. Someone who would be in charge of this. And I go down. Polkadot Man. Everyone was, yeah, Polkadot Man fucking was like the surprise of the movie for me. Yeah. I expected to like John Cena. 
Oh, yeah. I, I expected like Idris Elba. You know what you're getting King out of Margot Robbie. was even good. King Shark, fantastic. Um, everyone was so good. So I, I gave it a 19. Oh, wow, Ty. I, I, like, <laughs> not from like an Academy Award acting, necessarily. That's what I reserve that high of a score for. But, but. for me, for an ensemble movie like this, I, I can't think of another movie where I've liked so many different characters that were on screen. You spend time with all of them, and while they were there, I liked every single wow. one of them. So for me, like, obviously Academy Award type thing, I would give a 20, and then key elements would be for, like, the acting, and I would give that a 20 as well. 19. Whereas this is key elements for this, but in terms of the characters and having an ensemble cast like this, like, I, I liked every single fucking one of them. Do you got a thing for Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn? She's fantastic. Because, I mean, you gave Birds of Prey an 88, so I'll just, maybe there's... It was a great movie. She's great in her fucking role. Yeah, but you did bump down... It bump it down from 88. I adjusted it. I adjusted it appropriately. <laughs> no, I, I'm not going to hate. We got different scales. That's fine. I'm not going to hate on you. Um, you got to find it. No. Let's pray 84 total score. It me. was fantastic. And look, I I get nervous watching John Cena movies. I'm going to be honest because I mm. like John Cena, and I'm kind of this John Cena stan to a certain point. Yeah. But he like there's a role for him, and it is he is a comedy actor. Bingo. He cannot be – the Rock. He we saw that in Fast he Nine. He fucking sucked in Fast Nine. I want to say he sucked. It just he was didn't useless. Fit him. He was it just, useless. It, it just wasn't him. for him. It's not to his strengths. And he, he did struggled. Anything that sucked. He struggled in that movie. He was not put in a good situation. Okay. Exactly. Which made him struggle. <laughs> he did the best he could. All right. Um, no, he's he, just be the funny Rock. Like just star in all these. Like if you can be an action star and be a funny action star, The Rock. Not that funny. Correct. Like, I think The Rock, like, people think he, I mean, he's very funny in WWE, so I think he's a funny guy, but for whatever reason, like, in I mean, Jungle Cruise, he had his moments, but not like this. Yeah, Jumanji, he's pretty funny with Kevin okay, Hart and them yeah, playing off not. each other. I mean, okay, I, mean, I take that back. But he's more of the straight guy in the funny scenes. Yeah. Whereas John Cena is is the overly the top straight guy in the funny scenes to where he's also the funny guy being the straight guy. <laughs> yeah. It's just something unique. And you see John Cena in Trainwreck and Blockers and this to where he's the hyper serious guy who's just over the fucking top. And he's incredible in that role. Yeah. That's his niche. <laughs> really and he is. needs to fucking write it because he's so good at it. It really is. I want to see him do a Will Ferrell movie. Like Very much like Will Ferrell. Like he could have played – the other guy and other guys. It could have been fucking yeah. John Cena and Mark Wahlberg, and he would have been perfect in that type of role. Yeah. Um, no, nah, he was – so I just want to touch on him first, obviously. He was fucking great, dude. He was, I think, the funniest guy in this movie. I would um, agree, easily. Just his one-liners and, you know, just the hypocritical nature of the character and how he played it and, like, wanting peace, but, you know, saying he would kill – like, what do you – the stupid line, he's like, I'll do anything for peace, even if that means, you know, killing – Children and women, <laughs> women or and children. Yeah, yeah. Um, the bag of dicks on the beach line is great. <laughs> that was in the trailer, so I was expecting that one. Still, fucking played great in the movie. Um, and just the ridiculous. I like the scene where they kill all the the ref, like not the refugees, but like the good people that we don't know are good people yet. <laughs> yeah, and then you find out at the end that they're good. I love the one liner there too, where he's like, "No need to be a show off." He's like, "Yeah, unless what you're showing off is cool as fuck." Yeah. <laughs> um, he was just fucking great, man. And I know you say Dave Batista. Is over him, and I'm not going to argue that right now. But I'm just saying, if he gets a standalone Peacemaker show and it's really popular, there's no standalone Drax show. So I it's just want to say that. That's true. Um, and Dave Batista is also very good. 
Dave um, Batista is at the point though where he he can do the serious roles John Cena yeah. can't. To whereas and he can also be funny. I feel like he has more range as an actor, but he, he like he doesn't have that one role where he can dominate the way John Cena can. Also, he also doesn't have the just overall star power. I mean, John Cena is yeah. a bigger guy. Like, Easily. Um, I mean, Dave Batista was number two behind Cena in the WWE, for God's sakes. Yeah. Um, so he was <laughs> – John Cena was fantastic. My dad actually didn't want to watch this movie. He was telling me, like, John Cena looks stupid, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Dad, you're going to fucking love his character. Like, his character is so fucking good. And then he told me he loved it, and he thought he was hilarious and all that stuff. Um, his mask is in the toilet seat. It's a beacon of freedom. Correct. The fucking – the scene um, – I don't know why I laugh so hard of it. I just thought of it right now when they're in the club and she gives him drinks and they forget the rat and just the way he fucking like, I don't know, the way he got mad because they forgot the rat. I don't know. Just <laughs> the way he delivers his lines and everything. It just, he's great. He's fucking funny. Question. Yeah. Do you think that's actually what he looks like in his underwear? Yes. I mean, we've seen him shirtless. Okay. But he just looked, I, it was like, what the fuck am I looking at? There was specimen. so much muscle. A specimen. There was so mu- it's like if you play a video game and you get to create a character <laughs> and you just max out everything and it just doesn't look like a human being anymore. He's a specimen. It's incredible. Yeah. He is the largest human being I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> Bigger than The Rock? I, I think, like, proportionally, yes. <laughs> the Rock's just, like, a taller fucking just giant guy, but, like, proportionally, John Cena isn't that tall. But He's, he's actually 6'3". Well, he doesn't look that yeah. tall because he's so fucking wide. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but King Shark, uh, Nanoi, Nanai, whatever, he I was great. That. Um, even though he was kind of OP, I didn't know. Like he fucking took the brunt of everything and just lived. <laughs> yeah, I was confused when he like fell off the building, and was getting <laughs> shot at, and I was like, he, he's just a shark. <laughs> How is a shark eating these bullets? Um, I thought he was dead. I thought it was Suicide Squad. It was the end of King Shark, and I was pretty fucking bummed about it. Idris Elba was good in his role. Um, you know, kind of the serious leader. He had a little bit of character development. I did think it was a little kind of stupid how much of a dick he was to his daughter, but then, like, suddenly cared so much that she'd go to prison. Uh, yeah. But I, it, it is what it is. I think it was fitting of the he's a bad person. Like, let's not forget, even if he's going to be the good guy and, like, do the good things. And at the end, he's the one who's fighting Peacemaker to do the right thing. He's still a dick, and he's still a villain. Yeah. I think that was kind of their thing. Like, he may do good shit, but let's not forget he's he's still a villain and a bad guy. Yeah, uh, Polka Dot Man, like we said, he was great in his role. Uh, the Rat Catcher. Um, she was good in her role, rat too. Rat Catcher, too. Uh, yeah, I thought she was fine. little upset that, you know, Taika was touted for this movie and he was nothing. Yeah. I, Even if it was just Pete Davidson, I would have been happy. I wish they wouldn't have announced Taika. Because yeah. they put him on the thing, but then they never revealed what character he's playing or anything. So, like, I, I assumed he was going to be the star. Yeah. And, like, whenever he took over somebody, it was going to be Taika playing the villain. Yeah. Um, if they would have just not announced him, and we would have just been like, hey, that's fucking Taika. That would have been cool. Yeah. But him being announced and having that small role made it much less cool. Yeah. Um, the fucking guy with the arms at the beach, that made me laugh. Oh, Nathan Fillion? His fucking way his arms pop up and he pops <laughs> off and he goes and he fucking slaps <laughs> him and Slapping shit. people around. Pete Davidson. It's great. Yeah. He gets freaked out by the – it was in the trailer, but he gets freaked out by Weasel. Yeah. Um, it was just funny. It was a funny – Adult humor, gory, it was just what you wanted. Yeah, uh, again. And mostly because of the characters and John Cena. Bummed out they killed Captain Boomerang, uh, Jai Courtney. He was he was pretty good in the first one. He was one of the more enjoyable characters. I'm okay, though, because it's a new era, baby. But I appreciated them saying, like, he was one of our big returning characters and we're going to kill him. So, like, people will die. Like, yeah. we're not going to, like, the first one they got the most random obscure villain and killed him. Whereas this one, they're like, he was one of the stars of the last movie and we're going to kill him. 
Yeah, for sure. So yeah. I, I wish the only like I don't know that opening scene. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Whereas all the characters and all the characters dying. I would have liked it more if it was sprinkled throughout the movie. I think it was a good like, hey, no one's fucking safe. Again, I, I think that too, but no one was safe at the beginning until you had your team, and then they were safe for most of the movie. Polka Dot Man died. He did. That's, I mean, peace, again, most of the movie. Peacemaker died until the end credit scene. Yeah, I guess you're right. They did kill off some of those people. I, it felt for me like they were like, no one's safe, but then we're going to have a good chunk of the movie where they are, in fact, safe. <laughs> like, it would have been cool if they like more people survived from that first team. Like, two more people came with them, and then one person died during, like, the the good guys where they killed the fucking refugees. Yeah. Like, they kill someone there and then kill someone at another scene, too. So it was, like, sprinkled throughout. Okay. But very fun. Loved everyone. Yeah. Enjoyment. Mm, no, I'm I'm good with where it's at. I was thinking about bumping it up one. Mm, this is tough. What did you give it? I gave it an 18. Looking at it and comparing it to some of the other films that we watched. That's what I'm doing. Um, it's not fully, fully up there, but I had a fucking blast with it. I'm going to stick with my score of 17. I had a fucking blast with it. Um, yeah, it, and I, this means a lot, Ty. This movie is very rewatchable. Oh, aggressively. That means a lot for me. I don't rewatch movies. You know this. Yeah. I am thinking of, like... Having this conversation with you made me want to rewatch it because there's stuff like I want. I know there was more times I laughed and I just couldn't think of them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's just like, and I think we like it so much because it's like a comedy action movie with like no holds barred. It's like all the things we love. It's it's superheroes which we love. It's the adult comedy which we love. With like I don't know if it actually was, but the feeling of maybe improv. And like, you know, like a Will Ferrell stepbrothers type like, stupid comedy, throw a bunch of different one liners at the wall and we'll do the best one again. I don't know if they did that. That's what the writing felt like, though. Um, it, it felt like Will Ferrell would have had like a, a say in this movie, maybe old Will Ferrell. I don't know. His new shit kind of sucks. Um, <laughs> and it that's was a, just, that's a sad realization. Yeah. He's just getting old. I just but that that's the part that's sad. Well, I shouldn't say his new stuff sucks because he's he, like, you know, Booksmart, he executive produced or whatever. And that was fantastic the new stuff he's in sucks i i yeah i think it's just he's just got to lean into the sequels you know what's crazy a little off um like off topic here next year so we're in 2021 we're almost done with 2021 we're three quarters of the way through crazy 2022 it'll be the same amount of years from now in anchorman 2 and anchorman 2 and anchorman 1 no fucking yeah 2004 to 2013 2013 to 2022 so we're due for three is what you're telling me I think so. I just can't believe that. That just doesn't he sound felt, right. He felt really old in two, and knowing he's that much older now, yeah, hurts. I don't know. They they got to do – he should just lean into sequels. I won't complain as long as they're good. They could do a Talladega Nights Step too. Brothers where they're their dads, and they there have sons who are who – are, I don't know. We'll figure it out. That is the plot to Daddy's Home. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Yeah, just continue. <laughs> um, no, I don't like. I like Daddy's Home. I know you didn't like it as much. Anyways, this felt like something that Will Ferrell would be attached. Superheroes, comedy, gory, leaned into the action. It was just a fun, rewatchable movie. A little bit long, like you said. Maybe you cut out the Harley Quinn stuff. Lacks from like the story department, but so does a movie like you know fucking Anchorman or Talladega Nights. I mean, Talladega Nights got a fourteen for plot. That's the same thing I gave this. So, you know, 
Yeah, I, I think the story's what it needed to be. It wasn't too convoluted. It wasn't over the top. But it allowed them to play around and have a really good fucking time. Yeah. And every scene was enjoyable to watch. Um, like even that, Mar- like, the Margot Robbie scene was, it was fine. I just don't think it was necessary. Yeah. But even that, like, it isn't an awful scene. I just think it's better without. Yeah. Good. I just had a realization. Like, this is like Deadpool, kind of. Just without oh, the fourth 100%. wall breaks. Yeah, 100%. This is the like the... gory adult humor. Yeah, it's adult humor, which is Deadpool. It's comic book Deadpool. You know, all the over-the-top action Deadpool. I will say, right now, I'd probably say I prefer the Suicide Squad, but I think multiple things are going into that. I think recency bias is one of them. I think the fact that I've seen Deadpool millions of times because my dad fucking loved that movie and like when we still had cable and i still live with my parents it was always on channel whatever on hbo like channel 500 and you'd always turn it on so i've just seen it so many times but i i still think i give the nod to deadpool i think deadpool one is a fun movie but it it also suffers from the small budget oh yeah situation (laughs) to where it's it's so isolated yeah and it feels so isolated throughout yeah whereas deadpool 2 they spent a lot more money but i don't think it hits as well as deadpool 1 did Still pretty fucking fun. Oh, it's still a great movie. Yeah. yeah, don't get me wrong. I, I like one more, but I wish one would have had more money. But compared to this, I don't know yet. They're, they're very similar for me. Again, yeah. my final score now that we're here, 89 for the Suicide Squad. I fucking liked this yeah. movie. That's it, pretty hot. It's what That's I was hoping 90 for. Club. It's what I was hoping for, and it was a lot of fun. That is almost 90 club, Ty. What'd you give it? I gave it an 84. 84. That's what I gave Birds of Prey. He retroactively gave Birds of Prey. <laughs> Final score, 86.5. Putting it in our top 20, Jay. Wow. Number 17. Yeah. Right above Raya and the Last Dragon, right below Marriage Story. Couldn't be a more different fucking movie. I fucking love Marriage Story, though. Um, Below Mitchell's and the Machine, below Civil War. What's the? It's above The Dark Knight Rises. That's um, the third one. Yeah. Not the, not the yeah. Dark Knight. That was a fucking banger. Above Birds of Prey, um, Black Widow, easily above Black Widow. Yeah, no, for sure. This is a better movie than Black Widow. Where Black Widow kind of, I gave it only three points lower, and I think it, the, the story, I think I get Black Widow. Well, actually, I can look. I have it all. Three-point difference between these movies. Hey, man. That's crazy. I gave Black but Widow a 75, this movie, an 89. Points are worth more once you get I higher. I had a 14-point difference. You had a three. Points are worth more. When you get higher. Now, two things led to Black Widow keeping up. One, I saw it in IMAX. <laughs> and two. Yeah, what'd you give Black Widow for visuals? 18. No fucking chance that had as a higher visual score than what you gave this movie. I fucking saw it in IMAX. Ty, no fucking chance. That when that comes hey, back out, ridicule me? when that comes back out on Disney Plus, I need you to rewatch it on your TV and adjust like I did for Birds of Prey. I gave it a 12 for visuals. I don't understand how that's just the nature of my, my scale. Are you fucking questioning our patent pending movie scale right now? No, I just, the points, I think the points when you get high mean a lot. I really do. Well, I think you need to have a linear scale. Well, it's linear, yes, but I think we've talked about this before. The difference between a 65 I don't know if you and know 66 this. is a lot smaller than the difference between an 85 But and if 86. there's a gap between different points, then it's not a linear scale, Jay. I the can, gap between 17 and 18 is more than the gap between 9 and is. 10. It is. It absolutely then is. It, then me. don't lie to me and say it's a linear scale. It's linear in my brain. It's not linear. You're telling me it's not higher to get from like a 9 to I'm a 10. I'm not trying to tell you it's a linear 19. scale. <laughs> <laughs> Look, 
Look, I really enjoyed Black Widow, okay? I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it significantly less than I enjoyed it. And I gave this a higher score, so why are we even having this debate? Wild. This This is a good fucking movie, though. God damn, Ty. I don't know why you're questioning me so much. Sorry I like Black (laughs) Widow so much. It was a fine movie. Sorry it was my MCU just... I needed it in my my soul. Uh, Black Widow or Birds of Prey? Don't look at your scores. Uh, Which one do you like more? I'm a, like I feel like I can't answer this because it's been so long since Birds of Prey. They're probably really close off the though. rip. You think they were close, or yeah. do you think there was a decent gap? More or less than a five point gap. Less. Okay. Which one did you like more? I. <laughs> You can't decide? I, it's been so long since I've seen Birds of Prey, so I don't think I can... Gut feeling. Which one did I like more after the theater? Probably Black Widow, but there's some Marvel bias in there, for sure. And the movie theater bias, for sure. You have the same score. Oh, you made me go through all that. <laughs> <laughs> they both got 81s from you. Whereas I gave uh, Birds of Prey 84, Black Widow 75. Had a joke that I'm not going to say. Um, say it. Say the fucking joke, Jay. If there's one movie I think we can tweak on our scale... And I'm looking at you. I think Joker's a little high. See, but that's... 94 is a pretty high score. But that's like... It was very cinematic. It was shot super pretty. Well, we, we talked about... You know what happened, right? That's when your enjoyment scale was 0 or 20 still. That's when you were in the mindset. Oh, was uh, it? Yeah. If I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, no, this movie, is like a... And you gave it like an 18 enjoyment. You're like... <laughs> this is nowadays maybe like an 11. <laughs> That was not a fun movie to watch. I haven't watched it since. Me neither. Like, you should go back and listen to that pod because I'm pretty sure you have a line like, yeah, there's some points where, you know, you feel uncomfortable and stuff. So I'm going to give it an 18. <laughs> like, not a 20. Whereas now I'm like, I fucking loved this movie. It gets an 18. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. I'll go back. I'll go back and retroactively drop it down a little. <laughs> I can admit that. I can admit there was flaws to my scale at the beginning. Talk about a nonlinear scale. Well, yeah, I have flaws, too. If I see a movie in IMAX, it gets fucking a boost than if I watch That's it on fair. my fucking TV. So you need to go back and fix your IMAX. From That is ne- just going on right now. I've at least, my mistake was in the past, and I've grown from it. You're in the middle of a midlife crisis with your scale. I've only seen one IMAX movie, all right? And you gave it a fucking 18. All right, I'll bump it down. I'll bump it down. We don't do this often. I've never done this. I'll give it a 16. I'll give it the same visual score. There. Give me minus two on Black Widow. What's your final score for Black Widow, Jay? 79. You bullied me into moving it down. I lost it. I fucking lost it. Black Widow. 79? Yeah. It got the same visual score. I don't don't agree with that one bit either, Uh, but that drops Black Widow all the way down to our 36th ranked movie. Jesus. Why did I do that? 84. I kind of feel dirty. Nah, it wasn't that good. It was okay. It was okay, Marvel. It was mid. I would actually argue with bottom half Marvel. Mm, right, right around middle, not very bottom half, but it's below the midpoint. Hmm. I don't know. That's hard to say. Uh, probably that sounds about right, though. Where does this go in your DC rankings? Um, I Joker's mean, Joker's not DC. Probably in this conversation. Probably like one. Then I almost gave it a fucking ninety. Your DC EU. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Probably like one. Shazam, I don't think I, I would give, or if I gave it a good score, it wouldn't be that high. First Wonder Woman, when Wonder Woman wouldn't be that high. Birds of Prey is obviously a few points lower. Yeah. This is a fucking fun movie, dude. 
Now, here's a conversation to be had as we wrap up the pod. So one of the DCEU's main selling points early on and the fans of the DCEU's selling points early on was the fact that they weren't Marvel. They weren't dumb humor. They weren't Mm -hmm. family. They were dark. They were, you know, leaning into this. But if you look at their movies, I mean, you have Suicide Squad, which is dark in its own respect, but it's it's definitely funny. You have Birds of Prey, which I don't remember how much how funny it was, but it was quirky in that kind of not Marvel, but its own way. You yep. have Shazam, which was the closest thing to a Marvel movie DC has made, in my opinion, just terms. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent, yeah. Um, those are probably your three best. I mean, if you want to throw like Man of Steel in there, if you like I don't think it's Man on that Steel, level though. Like, those are the three best, and it's just like a conversation to be had. Like, what is what constitutes it? Like, is humor necessary? It's like you need one of two things for like an elite superhero related movie. I feel like you need something to lighten it up, because at the end of the day, these are guys with superpowers. Correct. It's not real. And, like, to take it too serious with guys with fucking superpowers, like, it can get a little disconnected. That or you got to have, you know, some fucking Academy Award winning performance, i.e. Heath Ledger. Okay. That's what I was going to get to because, like, it doesn't have to be comedy. But even, you know, because the Batman trilogy was. But those are more rooted in reality. Exactly. Those were, like, the non-superhero superhero movies. That could have just been an action movie. Yeah. The Batman, you know, he doesn't have superpowers. He just fights people. Yeah. And it's tech and stuff. Um, But those benefited from great performances. You have fucking Liam Neeson in a great role in the first one. Um, I don't know his name, but the the fucking Scarecrow guy is creepy as shit in the first one. And Christian Bale is just great. It was a great performance. And those are very serious, well-told stories. Mm -hmm. But unless you're going for that and you think you can actually fucking achieve that successfully, it's really hard when you have quirky fucking superhero guys that you're trying to take overly serious. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of one where it's, successful in being serious while also having over-the-top superpowers. And, like, Man of Steel, I think that's where it sucks is because that's, like, a, a serious story, but you got a guy flying around in fucking red underwear. One of the top ten movies of the decade, according to Armin White. Man of Steel? Yeah. I guess fucking idiot. I think it was number one, actually. Wild. Not not top ten. It was number one. Incredible. Um, And it's tough. It's tough to tell a serious story like that. And I think what they're finding is they're good when they're funny. Let's hear it. Um, hold on. Just continue, continue. They're really good when they're funny. Shazam is funny. Yeah. Fun movie. Birds of Prey is funny. It fun doesn't movie. Even necessarily have to be funny, but like lighthearted. Yes. However you do that. Yeah. And they're really good when they lean into the, they can make it. You got to humanize these characters from, too. Yeah. yeah. But you can make it separate from Marvel and being the PG-13 R-rated studio. Yeah. Birds of Prey was R-rated. Yeah. This is R-rated. Those are really good. Whereas if you do that and you want to tell more serious stories, make them more adult with PG-13 and R, but still have the comedy in there. Yeah. And that's how you can differentiate yourself from the family comedy of Marvel, where, you know, the dirtiest thing is to fucking hide the pickle or whatever with the Hulk. It's probably the dirtiest joke they've ever told in Marvel. Whereas this, you can blow people's brains out and have a good time. Yeah, and I mean... Obviously, you know, a lot of people, I wasn't as big of a fan of it, loved the Snyder Cut, but that's not a, a recipe for success. You can't release four-hour fucking movies no, for every movie. And even then, like, it was that good. That was very much a passion project. Yeah, and even then, like, it was good, don't get me wrong, but, like, let's let's find it. Where is it? I, I don't know. 
Zack Snyder's just I gave it a 76. And I was the That's one preaching. prey level, yeah. And I was the one preaching for it here, and I gave it a 76. Yeah. You gave it a 60. So, like, yeah. if your peak is 76 on that, whereas, you know, everything else we give a lot better scores on the other shit, like, change your formula. Yeah, and you gave it a 76, maybe, like, minus three if they didn't have title cards. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the title cards were enjoyable. Can there be... <laughs> We shouldn't do this because it's going to skew everything, but you should just add plus one point every single time there's title cards. No matter how bad, it could be Thunder Force, but if there's title cards, you give it plus a one two. visual. It's yeah. a two instead of a one. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I'm fine with it. You know I love title cards. <laughs> um, Armin White's top 20 movies, I don't think these are in order. Um, a lot of these I haven't really heard of, honestly, so I can't like shit talk them so much. But the first one he does mention, again, there's no ranking, but it is Man of Steel. Um, I don't know if you know any of these movies. Wild Grass, Vincere, Incendies, mm-hmm. The President. Nope. nope. Being 17. Nope. You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet. Nope. Um, Four Moons. Nope. Yossi. Sure, that's not Yoshi. Yeah. Dragged Across Concrete. Nope. The uh, Adventures of Tintin. I've heard that one. Haven't seen it. The Young and Prodigious uh, T.S. Spivet. Nope. A Quiet Passion. Nope. Queen and Country. Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, and Pain and Gain. Oh, okay. That's also in there. I'm not going to say all the other ones that you won't know, but Pain and Gain is also in the top 20 movies. I wish you would have thrown in just the most random mid-movie of all time in there. It's like Pain Bad Boys. Gain? I mean, yeah, it's, that's basically what I was shooting for, but it's just not as funny. <laughs> like if Bad Boys 3 was in there. Bad Boys 3? <laughs> I had to think for a second. I mean, Pain and Gain is exactly 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, that's fucking great. So you want to talk about mid. I mean, that pretty much is mid. Um, so did you ever get the director of cinematography for James Gunn? Henry, Henry, I don't know, Henry some shit. Is it the same guy as other movies? I, I couldn't remember? figure it out, and I just kind of gave up on it. Um, truth be told. What? Hold up. So I'm doing, res- not research, but right now I'm trying to find your um, random Rotten Tomatoes movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I thought James Gunn directed the first Scooby-Doo movie, but he was a writer. Yeah, no, he definitely had to play with that, or like had something to do with it. That was him. I think he was the writer. Super? There's a movie he did called Super. It has Rain Wilson in it. Wow. Elliot Page, Liv Tyler, Kevin Bacon, and Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion had detachable arms in this movie. You got anything else about this movie itself, Ty? Nope. I have had a lot of fun with it. Go watch it on HBO Max for free. Or in the movies on a big-ass screen if you IMAX really want to. Give it more than a 16 for visuals. I was on my honeymoon in Hawaii, and I found, like, one of the three movie theaters on the island to watch it. I Okay, I didn't think about this. Be, like, do you think any part of it, and it's okay if it did, was a little bit influenced because you were in Hawaii and in a great state of mind? No, the theater was, theater was whatever. But, no, but, I mean, the your your perception of this film. No, I... I I took time away from a fucking tropical island to sit in a movie theater and watch a movie. Okay. If anything, it should have been damaged. But you probably went at nighttime. What yeah, it was late. Get? We had a little mall. Yeah, see, what very. We're li- and by mall, I mean like very little mall. And it was like, like their number target? two mall. Yeah, I mean the mall's total size was probably could have fit inside a Target. Jesus, do you have uh, a board before I do your random Rotten Tomatoes the thing? Do you have like a story from your honeymoon to tell? No. Oh. Well, this I mean, my, my last trip, I updated the listeners. I don't know if you got, like, a funny story, anything. It was just Hawaii. It was a great time. You're fucking in Hawaii for a week. You don't have one thing to tell? I nothing? mean, I have I have stories. They're not funny. It's just chill fucking kickback Hawaii stories. Oh, yeah, great time on the beach. I went snorkeling. Um, How are the beaches Zip there? Line, be- oh, they're incredible. 
How's the water? It was colder than I remember on our side of the island. We went to the other side of the island. It felt like a fucking hot tub. Your side of the island was... Did you know if it was facing the continental United States or not? Facing like, away. Did you, facing away so from facing the continental. towards the continental United States was warmer. Well, so the island's weird. It's not like a circle. It's like it's pinched in the center. Like, it literally takes 30 minutes to drive from the south point to the north point. But then, like, four hours if you spread out. And so we were on the bottom. What so the we fuck were, does that mean? Four hours if you spread out. Like, go from, like, one side, like, the middle to the far right takes, like, four hours. But the top to the bottom? It's literally, it's a tiny little pinch. I'm just going to look And then it's like, it's like boobs. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uneven boobs, but it's boobs, and then it comes together okay, in the center. Okay, okay. So, so we were on the right side of the island, but we were at the point that comes up. So we were kind of facing the other side of the island. Where were you staying? Kihai in Maui. Kihai. Kalui? Kihai. Oh, I see it. K-I-H-E-I. Kahia. Kihai. And if you look on the map, like, it, oh, you're like in a little, it's like a little cove. Big kinda. brain, yeah. Maybe that cove, cold currents. Well, no, that's the issue is because on the other side of the cold, on the cove is where the warm water was. So you're saying it takes 30 minutes to get from, like, that cove to that cove. So pretty so much top like Kie to Kalui, roughly. Yes, but we went to Hana, which is on the far right, and that was literally an all-day event. That's crazy because you don't think of it being – was it – how much of it – was it distance or was it, like, slow speeds, speed limits? Oh, no. So, like, the middle, there's a highway. The right side, it's, like, one-lane roads through a fucking tropical jungle. And so you have to pull you over freeway. off the road and get – it would still probably take like two hours if you had a freeway, but it's a lot longer because they're real sketchy little fucking roads where you could drive off the edge and die. Yeah, so you don't think of it like, at least I don't. Like, I think of like Hawaii and I think of like being able to drive, besides the big island maybe, being able to drive from side to side like in, you know, two hours. Like Rhode Island, you could drive through Rhode Island in 45 minutes. The island's bigger than you expect, too. You cannot see the other end of the island. Well, I mean, from points you can, but like. Like I said, like it, from the fucking east end to the west end, that would be like four hours, probably, if there was a highway. Maybe like three hours if there was a highway. But wow. literally like 12 to 14 hours taking these little roads. Seen so enough golf, nice golf courses? Plenty of golf courses there, Jay. You'd love it. God damn. It was I fun. I want to go though. so bad. We're going to move there? Yes. We're going to take the pod to Hawaii? Fuck yeah, we are. I'm not joking. <laughs> I want to fucking live there. I'll find a job. Yeah, I heard something. Um, I was at your parents getting something, getting something, and they were talking about how you guys said you wanted to move there, and you were like, "Oh," and then we'll have like a kid in a year, and then you guys will have an excuse to come visit us. Well, is yeah, that really, is that the real timetable for a child? Not in a year, because the plan was like a year and a half to two years moving there, and then a year and a half to two years after that. Okay, so it's more like five years for a kid. A year and a half. You said a year and a half, two years for both. That gives you three to four years, but then you said five years right now. So then we Big probably... brain math. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, man. Plot twist. The kid was conceived in Maui. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. Could you imagine? That'd fucking suck. Let's just fucking drop everything, Ty. Let's go. <laughs> You're not Are you fucking... trying to live there? Per- I don't know if I'd want to live in Hawaii I, I don't know. But at least a year. Because two things. Because I was actually doing research. I don't... I'm sure you know me and Victoria were talking... Victoria and I, excuse me. Correct. We're talking about this. I was doing research after that, and I was like, I guess shit's expensive there. Oh, yeah. Like groceries. Yeah, absolutely. Because, like, the line of service. And also, I think when I look back in my life when I'm 80, 
I think I would if I lived there f- long term. I think I would miss my family and miss opportunities. Yeah. But if I looked back when I'm 80, I'm like, remember that year I lived in fucking Hawaii? That's why I think it would be fun and to do like a year. that period. Get a feel, you know, get a feeler, see if you want to stay there another year or come back. Year lease. Yeah. No, nothing permanent. I couldn't stay permanently away from everyone. Dude, that'd be the best year of my life. Hey, but I would be incredible. Home. I literally, I mean, if I can afford it, of course, can literally pick up and move Let's after the quake it. season. Aggressively serious. Let's do it. I would do it. Within the lines. And then we'll add a I little, can't promise more we'll than add a year, little but... Hawaiian flower in the corner of the logo. What, what, what kind of careers are there? Like, because Victoria's into dance. Open your own dance. Well, hula dancing for a year and then hula <laughs> dance. She becomes a hula dancer. The, the, who, the, those fucking girls are called? I don't know. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. And what island are you looking at? Like, Maui was fucking awesome. But, like, it's so like you've a been community, to like three but of them. also, Maui was my favorite so far. Then the big island. From a living perspective. Maui, for a living perspective. Okay, practical too. Like yeah. Maui's pra because I don't know. In my mind, everything's just like like you're living in a treehouse. Very all three very different. Are there actual like towns? Yeah, hundred percent. And then Honolulu is literally like LA. If you go to Oahu, it's city. I wouldn't want to live there. It's too busy. So that would probably be the most realistic to live just in terms of finding a place like slash getting a job. Shit. Yeah. But in terms of enjoying a year in Hawaii would be the least enjoyable. I think Maui's the nice balance where there's like some cities and busy shit. Whereas the big island, like their biggest city feels like Victorville. Okay. Like there's just there's just nothing and you're just very much on a tropical island. I'm fine with Victorville size. But th- there's like two of them on this giant island. That's it. Everything else is very rural, small yeah. communities. There'd be a lot of planning. But even like Maui, like it's like in the middle. But also the population, like, we have three times the population in Victorville, Apple Valley, Hesperia, as they do the entire island. Hmm. What would you do? Do they have construction jobs? Yeah, I got construction jobs. Everywhere's hiring out there. Got construction. They got little farms. They got... <laughs> gonna be I'll a be farmer. a little farmer. I'll just fucking work from home. Like, my job wouldn't change at all. That's why I'm and saying, like, I'm in a position where I literally... I mean, there's restrictions in terms of bringing my animal and that what that entails not restrictions but you just bring hurdles them. to overcome you just bring her out not that hard i looked in there's like a they're very strict well yeah but vaccinate vaccinations and everything so is a fucking daycare place it's not that hard well i know but i'm just but like you transporting ha- a dog is still not just you don't just transport dog ty you give him a few fucking shots then you put him on a plane it's not that complicated what if he gets fleas he's fine and then all my stuff you sell everything and buy it over there you don't transport I just all your my stuff. Desk. Yeah, you sell the desk. You, you're not bringing the desk. In order to go there, you bring your car if you want, and you sell everything else and buy everything else on the island. This is just way not worth it to bring your fucking. Or you desk. just buy like a rent a fully furnished apartment. That too. I don't know. I mean, if the price was right, I would definitely do it. We'll talk about it. Okay. Are we talking about living together or being neighbors? Either way, we just get a big ass house and split rent. On the beach? <laughs> That's probably so expensive. <laughs> you mean fucking homeless? Well, you could you be homeless. Just go be homeless for a year. You could be. I'll just ship the Jeep over there like a thousand bucks. We'll just live out of the back of the Jeep. <laughs> That's what I don't understand. If I ever did become homeless, I would like, I guess you got to buy food to live. And usually when you're homeless, you got drug problems. But I would save money and just buy a plane ticket to Hawaii. There but then go. they probably, they probably have countermeasures for that. Yeah. They probably don't want you there. And they probably kick you out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Random Rotten Tomato movie, Ty. 
James Gunn directed movie 43. Is movie 43 the fucking combo one where it's like five different, six different little stories? Yeah, with the uh, ball sack chain and soup. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love that scene. That's the greatest thing Hugh Jackman's ever done in his career. <laughs> I fucking love it so much. It's got to be like 18%. 4%. Oh my god. It's a just awful fucking premise for a movie. But yeah. that one scene is so much fun. Yeah. And literally only that one scene cuz the rest of the dumb scenes suck. I've never seen it, but I just watched the one scene. That's all you need. I will. Uh, that's all I got for you, Ty. Next week, Free Guy. Ryan Reynolds, Taika Waititi. Young people that I I they're famous. You would know them if you saw them. It's a girl. Yeah. On Friday. Yep. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.